It's a, it's a powerful challenge. How long are we going to be in someone's world, us being a Christian, knowing we've, we've crossed the finish line, almost, like, until we go to be glory, glory but we've, we've committed our lives to Christ. And I'm not trying to make this a guilt trip or anything like this, but the question needs to be asked, how long are we in someone's world before we actually say, ta-da, I'm a Christian. <laughs> That's a challenge for me. I, I take that challenge on. It's, it's an interesting challenge. It's an interesting challenge. I, I want to say this morning that um, I just want to provide us with some thoughts, ideas, maybe some insights in talking to, be, to people about Jesus. That's, that's all I really want to do this morning is just want to bring some insights, things that might help you. In, in talking to people about Jesus this morning. You ready for that? Yes. Is that going to help anyone this morning? Okay. Okay. You know, something I, I think that wonderful happens when the Father is overflowing in our lives, as I believe that he is currently in this season for us at Infused Church. We find ourselves talking about what he's doing. We, we uh, find that um, we're starting to believe more and more what he's doing in our lives and what he says in his word. And, and I, I think that there comes a point where there's this, what you call a tipping point. You come to a point in your life where things have been building, they've been building momentum, they've been building things up and stuff like that. And there comes a point where suddenly the tipping point happens and everything starts to run in your favor. You know, you've been going along, going along, going along, and then you hit the tipping point, and bang, it just momentum just starts to, to create uh, um, a momentum. It just it starts to happen in our lives. And I think that um, we're at a point, you know, sometimes in our, in our spiritual walks where we, we hit that tipping point and we start, we can't shut up about Jesus. We just can't stop talking about what God has done for our lives. We can't stop uh, talking to people about our, our conversations that we're having with people in the community. We can't stop but talk to people about how much Jesus means to us, how much he's changed our lives, how much he's saved our lives. And I, I think there comes a point where we go along this, this journey of life and we, we, we're overflowing in the abundance of God. It's great to ask God to fill us, but I believe that we need to ask God to overflow us. I believe that there comes a point that, you know, it's not just for me, but there comes an overflow and people start to walk in the overflow of our lives. We can't stop talking about what God does in and around our world. We can't stop talking about the things that we're hearing about God touching other people's lives and we're, we're shouting and, and we're, we're praising God and we're, we're exalting God and what he's doing. You know, because I believe that in John 10, 10, it's, it says it all. God wants us to have a super abundant life. The actual meaning of the word is an overflowing abundance. That's the sort of life that God wants us to have and to, to have operating out of our lives. And it all comes out of this place of an overflow. Our cup is not just meant to be full, it's meant to be overflowing. And I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is, is God overflowing our lives? Is God overflowing your life this morning? And it's a good question to ask ourselves. God wants us to have our lives overflowing with his love, 
overflowing with his joy and his peace. God wants to overflow us with the gifts that he gives us in the word of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can start to overflow in prophetic encouragement. You know, just simply talking to a person. We're just encouraging them from their point of view. But from us, there's a prophetic encouragement because we're tapped into a source. And that source is the person of the Holy Spirit. We're allowing him to start to work through us so that we can bring that prophetic edge to what we're saying and to to the way that we're ministering into lives. He wants us to to overflow in those gifts, overflowing in the gift of faith, overflowing in the gifts of healing, overflowing in everything that God wants us to, to be able to reach into his kingdom and to release through into our world. That's the sort of God that we're serving. He's got an abundance of of his gifts and he wants us to to overflow in those areas. It's almost like, if you were to picture this, okay, it's like a three, uh, sorry, four-tier waterfall, a fountain. Okay, you've got this beautiful fountain. The top tier is where God and us are existing. He overflows in our life up in that top tier. But it overflows to to the people that are closest to us, our family, our friends. Then it overflows into our community, the people that we're working with, the people that are in the shops with us and stuff like that. Then it overflows into our world everywhere we go. God wants us to overflow in every area of our lives. God wants us to, to reach out and to overflow who He is to the world around about us. And I think that's a powerful thing to have happen in our lives. A father has done something powerful in my life over the last few months. So much so that Jane and I uh, like, uh, have made a, a decision that we're just not going to sharp anymore about what God's doing in our lives. You know, we made a decision years ago that because of what Jesus has done, that, that we were going to follow him no matter where that led. That led moving out of the security of being a police officer with a a guaranteed income and a job that's not going to run out of clients. Sadly, sadly, sadly. There there was no chance of me being unemployed as long as I did the right thing in my job that there was always going to be a need for the police. I I pray for the days of old in like the Welsh revivals, the, the jails emptied out. I'm not wishing that the police become unemployed because they could be better gainfully employed and doing something else that really provides security for our world. But I believe that God wants to overflow our lives. God wants us to overflow with Him. The Father has touched our lives so much so that we want our family to experience what God has done in our family. I want my father, my, my stepmother, to experience the love of Jesus. Praise God, the the, the father's been working on my brother and his wife. They're involved in children's ministry in a traditional church in the Barossa Valley now. That was a surprise to me. (laughs) Praise God for the surprises of God. I think that's an amazing thing to have happen. You know, despite me, God got to my brother. (laughs) I usually just beat my brother up. (laughs) In love, of course. But it's good to see. And, and that's, that, I think that, you know, like, the, the reality is families are different. Like, people are different. Your family is different from mine. I, I long for the days where I read in the Bible where God so touches a, a person that we read just in that, almost in that same sentence, and their ho- whole household was saved. Like Lydia, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, verses 14 to 15, it, you, you hear the story. Lydia hears the message of the good news, 
And something incredible happens in her household. Her whole household gets saved. I I want that for our community. I I believe that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope of the world. I believe that the, the local church is the hope of the world. Where people who are born again by the Spirit of God, believing who Jesus says that they are, walk out into our community and bring about a community change. They transform our community by the love of Jesus. This is to overflow. We we sang the song this morning, Overflow in this place, Holy Spirit. It's a great song. But do we realize the power of those words that we're praying over ourselves? It's your fault when God overflows your life. You pray, you sang it. It's your fault. So when you're going around and you, you, you can't stop talking about this person called Jesus, like, you know, it's just amazing what he's done in your life. And you, you're talking to the shopkeeper and you're thinking, and you walk away, oh, where did that come from? It came out of the overflow, baby. That's where it came from. Something, God's doing something in your heart. God's doing something in your spirit, in your mind and in your body and, and in your, your intellect and your understanding. God's doing something so powerful that you can't shut up. Praise God. Praise God. I think it's just amazing. I think it's just amazing. <clears throat> I want to say, though, that like just as sometimes you know, where you, you see that whole families, whole, whole households get saved, some didn't. Some don't. I know that there are people here this morning, myself included, where you've tried to share the gospel, you tried to share what Jesus is doing in your life, and you've been stiff-armed. Do you know what I mean by stiff-arm? Okay, it's like in a, uh, in a sporting world where you're trying to make, bust through somewhere and you give a person a stiff-arm, you keep them at a distance, and you, you push them off. That's a stiff-arm. And that's what sometimes people in our world have done with us. They've given us a stiff arm. Not only have they given us a stiff arm, they then want nothing further to do with us because we become a Jesus freak. You're a Bible basher. Now, that's not the way that you've explained it. That's not the way that you've shared it. But that's the perception and the label that you've now been labeled with. And people have put up a big steel door in front of you and are no longer allowing you to share into their world because they've labeled you. See, this is the thing, though. God can still knock that person off their donkey on the way to Damascus. Uh, If there was anyone who had a hard heart, who thought he was doing the right thing in his day, God can still get through. No matter the hardness of a person's heart, no matter how resistant they are, in a moment, their world can change. In a moment, their world can change. In a moment Saul is standing there and the the clothing of all the people and stuff like that has been put at Saul's feet as they are stoning Stephen that's hard baby but guess who comes through Jesus Jesus wins the day and and Saul who becomes Paul gets his name changed becomes one of the most powerful dynamic speakers of his day Seeing the power of God working through him and changing complete communities in an instant. 
Sometimes the person who's the most resistant to God becomes the most dynamic for God when God gets a hold of him. Continue to pray for him, church. Continue to believe that those people who are hardened and resistant to the gospel, hearing you talk about Jesus, pray for them. Continue to pray for God soften their heart. God touch them in a powerful way so that we can see their world change. God, would you release your anointing upon them and let them just be touched in a powerful way. That's what we need to be praying. We need to continue to believe what the Bible says and not what uh, facts and, and things like that start to try and to, to tell us and what our feelings are telling us. I needed worship this morning. Who, who else needed worship this morning? Who was struggling this morning coming in? This, you, know, like, you, know, you just needed the worship, you know? Uh, I, I am. I was. But I praise God, guys. Fantastic worship. Just, you know, it just lifted me to a whole new realm. Just seeing the kids out here. Well, if the kids can get excited, come on. Come on. I want to give you some some thoughts this morning. Three things that I think that are important when we're witnessing. Not just to family members, but I believe also to the general people that we're we're living and working with or uh, that we're interacting with in our daily lives. Is this going to be helpful for you this morning? I'm going to preach it anyway, so you might as well say yes. Cool, okay. So the first thing that we need to understand is this, okay? Understand that there are some things that we just can't do. There's some things you can't do, okay? Number one is that you can't undo the past. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can't undo the past. You can't undo the past, okay? I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes... You walk away from a conversation, you shoulda, you coulda, I, I, I shoulda said this, I shoulda said that. Uh, man, if I'd have only said this, oh, I, I wished I'd have remembered that. And, and you, you walk away and can I t- just say, can I release you this morning? Okay? I want to release you this morning. Okay? Let it go, it's lost. Start to move with what God's doing in the now. This, you can't change the past. You can't change the past. Live in the now. So many people are living, not moving forward with their lives because they're looking back. You can't move forward. You can't find out where you're needing to go. The perp- you can't get on with the purpose of your life while you're looking back. You've got to be looking forward to where Jesus is leading you. Let's let go of the past. There's some things you can't change. One of the things we can't change is the past. Let opportunities like that, they're, they're gone. Let them go. If there's anyone who can do something about the lost opportunities of the past, it's God. Let him do it. Let him work in those people's lives. Let him start to to touch them. Ask uh, him to give us maybe another chance to to open another door of opportunity that we can speak with that person or, or interact with that person or do something for that person. Matthew 7 verses 7 to 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened for you. For everyone, everyone, say everyone, say everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I preached to this mob. I don't know about you, but that's exciting for me. Everyone, everyone, it's everyone who asks, receives. If you've missed an opportunity to talk to a friend or family about Jesus, ask God to bring up another opportunity for you. There's another thing that we can't control. Okay? And it's this. 
You can't control the future. Turn to the person on the other side and say, you can't control the future. We have no idea for certain how someone is going to respond to the good news, okay, until we tell them the good news, right? Many times we set the gospel up for failure because we actually assume that no one is going to accept it, so we never bother talking about it. We've had this conversation in our head, and we've seen how it's gone, but we've never spoken to the person. I had one of those conversations this morning. It wasn't about sharing the gospel. It was about, I got an email yesterday. It wasn't a very pleasant email. But I had this conversation with this person who sent this email yesterday, this morning. In my head. It was a really good conversation. It made me feel really good in my flesh. But here's the thing. I've never had that conversation in the real. And I probably won't either. I love what Mark Twain says. He says this. I have known great, a great many troubles in my life, but most of them have never happened. In other words, we, we've thought something, we've gone down a road and we've let our, our mind just take off on, in, on a tangent and we're in this, we've, we, you know, have you ever had the conversation in your head, oh, you're getting angry, you're, you're starting to think, if I see this, I'm going to, you know, and you're starting to, yeah, I can feel it's going to be good when I swore, you know, I really let them know how I feel and, whoa, just let me at him, you know what I mean? And you're feeling it. I mean, it's, it's an emotion. It's like real things have happened to you, you know? And, and I, can I say, sometimes we scare ourselves out of sharing the gospel. Well, if I talk about Jesus, they're going to come back at me. They're going to say no. and Just maybe, just maybe, they'll say, yeah. How did you know I was feeling that? I never thought anyone would ever notice how I was feeling. Uh, on the faces video at the start of the service, on the outside, people are happy, clappy. But on the inside, people are lonely and searching for someone just to say, are you okay? And it starts with just entering into the moment. Stop having conversations and eliminating people from the gospel because you think they'll say no. Let them say yes. Let them open up like Christine. Buy them a chair. <laughs> At church. Just say, I've bought you a chair at church. Would you like to sit in it? You never know. No, not if you give me the money. I was waiting for that. I was, I'd had that conversation in my head. <laughs> I can save him a seat. We can save you a seat. Love to save you a seat. People will reject the gospel sometimes. 
Sure they will. Some people rejected Jesus when he was alive, but not everybody and not all the time. This is the thing that that I've discovered. I believe that Jesus heals, yeah? This is the thing that I'm noticing, okay? The more people I pray for for healing, the more people are getting healed. If I don't pray for anybody to get healed, guess what? It's unlikely that they're going to get healed because I don't want to discount God. If I share the gospel with people, I'm going to see more people get saved. I want to... See, the the whole idea... Have you got those cards, please? Junior's got them. There you go. Let, Let me just share you with this, okay? It says, you're invited to be our guest at Infused Church this Sunday, okay? This is not about filling a church. This is about filling the kingdom. This is not about inviting someone to to make us feel good about the numbers. This is about introducing someone to the person of Jesus Christ who gave his life for them. We're about getting people saved, not filling a church. Does that make sense? Motivation is completely different. If I wanted to fill a church, I could put programs on and things that are going to fill this church, but it may not get people saved. I want to see people saved. Praise God for church transference, people moving into the area. Love it. Fantastic. But for me, the ideal is getting people saved. I want to see people saved. I want to see young people saved. I want to see our youth group saved with born-again, fire-breathing Young people. I want to see out the front here, not just a handful. I praise God for the handful, but I want to see the front packed with kids who are excited about Jesus. I want to see you excited about Jesus. It just simply starts with us realizing some things. Some people may reject the gospel, but not everybody will. We may have just the right word at just the right time, but we won't know until we try. Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. It's fantastic. But there's also something to remember about the future. Even though a person may not accept the good news from us today, it doesn't mean that it won't have an impact on them tomorrow. The words that we speak about having a God who is real, alive, and interested in their world may not touch them today, but they may remember the words that we spoke, whereby they start to stretch out and and reach out for God. You know, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We need to just do what, what we're asked to do. We can't get people saved. All we're required to do is to share the gospel. That's all we're required to do. God uses God's people to bring God's message to people. There are times when it takes several workers to bring in the harvest. Sometimes all we can do is move a person an inch closer to Christ, but at least it's an inch closer than they were before. Here's a little saying you might like to to write down if you're taking notes this morning. Inch by inch, life's a cinch. Yard by yard, life's hard. In other words, just take it in little bite-sized pieces. Little bits at a time. 
Ask the question, though, what can I do to bring this person closer to Christ today? What could I do? It may not be that you say anything, but you do something. A simple pat on the back, a warm word, a smile. Treat them like Jesus would and see what happens. There's the third thing that we can't make people do. Okay, that we can't make happen, that we can't do. And that's simply, we can't make anyone believe. We can't make anyone believe. We can scream, we can scheme. We can stalk and we can sermonize, circumcise them. We can sermonize them. (laughs) That was just there. It needed to be said. I mean, you're all thinking it. (laughs) Sorry, it's just... I was just trying to get this sermonized word out and it just wasn't getting past my lips. It's a bit warm in here now, isn't it? <laughs> okay. So we can scream, we can scheme, we can stalk and we can sermonize, but we can't make anyone believe. This is really warm up here now. <laughs> if anyone's offended by that, I do apologize. It's just a slip of the tongue. Believing is a matter of individual choice. Look at the scripture we just read. I planted, Paul said, Apollos watered, but it was God that gives the increase. Who gives the increase? Okay. Who saves people? Okay. Do you? <laughs> Does that release anyone from pressure this morning? Did me. I don't know about you. See, we can't change lives. We witness for the one who does change lives. Okay. We plant, we water, but God gives the increase. Listen to this. John 3.6 says this. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, we've got to allow God to speak to people and to touch people. God, who is the spirit, brings about a spiritual birth, a rebirth in people's lives. We don't. See, he's, so he, he, just to wrap that up, it says, we can't change the past. We can't control the future and we can't make anyone believe. But there are some things that we can do. Okay? First thing that we can do, we can pray. Okay? Turn to the person around you and say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I am going to pray. No matter what's going on in a person's life that we want to reach, Prayer is a great way to ask God to help us to reach them, okay? So this is what I believe, okay? Number one, we need to actually talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. Thank you. We need to talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. See, we need to ask God for a way of being able to talk to that person before we even talk about that i think that you know what have you made a a list of people that you need to be praying for have you you've got people specifically in a notebook in the front of your bible maybe of people that you feel that you need to be praying for for salvation i think that's the first place to start to be honest God, you know, even asking God, who should I be focusing on that I can talk to and partner together with you, Father, 
in bringing the gospel. Just make a list. Then asking him, like, would you give me opportunity? Would you give me a way of being able to, to, to talk to them about you, Father? Would you be able to give me some opportunities, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic encouragement? Pray that the Holy Spirit uses you to bring that person to Christ. You know, one of the things I, I discovered uh, in the last few weeks is there are some great apps on iPad and iPhone that help you to walk a person through to salvation. One's uh, an app called Share Your Faith. That's it. It's called Share Your Faith. If you were to look that up, it talks about how you can get uh, a person, you know, it's the, the, the great divide where you've got the cross comes in the middle, uh, that thing, and it, it walks you through the whole thing. It gives you scriptures on your screen so that you can talk to the people about it. It explains some of the points there. It's so easy to use. It even leads you in the prayer of salvation. It asks you, like, if uh, you've, you've explained this whole picture where Christ bridges the gap between us and we can come to God through Christ and stuff like that, and, and, and then it, it, says, it says three people. One who's before the cross, one who's actually on the cross, one who, who's uh, over, over the, the thing. So it then says, uh, whereabouts are you on this journey? And they point to that particular area. And this is, well, did you understand the message? Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, what would you like to do? Would you like to receive Christ right now? They maybe say yes, say no. But it, it walks you through the process of being able to lead someone to Jesus. It's free. It's, it's really diagrammatically put together really well. It's, it's got action in it. It's not just pictures, but there's little motion things that happen. Uh, the scriptures are there, some, some little pointers, thought prompts that you might like to use. But God, give me an opportunity to share this with someone. If they have that on the iPhone and the, uh, and the iPad. I'm sure that they have it on those lesser things called Samsungs. How about, how about if you were to pray like this, okay? In Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31, you know, you get in all these attacks from people around about, okay? And, and this is what the, uh, the apostles, they, they, they prayed. It says, And now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us and empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son Jesus and at that very moment the earth shook beneath them causing the building that they were in to tremble each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness that's a prayer that's a prayer Another way we might want to pray for our families and, and friends is to, Lord, would you shake up their lives a little bit? Come on. <laughs> you know that when you're going through something, you get really close to God, just like I do. Something's happening in your world. Things are falling apart a little bit. You're starting to get shaken up. Things are happening. I'll tell you now, you start to get real close to God when things are getting shaken up in your life. Ask God to move people out of their comfort zone. Ask God to maybe turn people's lives inside out and upside down. <laughs> You're looking at me like, are you for serious? <laughs> yeah, I am actually. Do whatever it takes, Lord, to get people's attention. 
See, I've found that when I've been placed in a, a situation outside of my comfort zone, me seeking the Father seriously ramps up. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, would you increase your ability and empower me to get through this? And I don't think I'm alone in that either. I think that whenever people find themselves outside their comfort zone, they are more willing to seek the Father. Let me give you an example of that, okay? I am a heightophobe, okay? A heightophobe. I hate heights, all right? Don't like heights. I have a fear of heights, okay? Whenever I have challenged my fear of heights, without fail, I have seriously ramped up me praying to the Father and for the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit to come upon me. Okay, I've challenged myself through abseiling off a cliff like a sane person would. I, the, the dumb thing of that was I actually trusted my brother to help me to do it because he's an instructor in the army and I thought this is his prime opportunity to get me back for beating him up all those years. But he was very good about that so... I've, I've climbed the, the lookout at the Otway treetop walk in Victoria. And going up around this big pole to the lookout, I was praying, rondai shondai, tie my bow tie like you wouldn't believe. I was speaking in tongues. I was just going for it because you get to the top. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but when we went there at the very top of this thing, you can feel it like this. But that's not the best part. The best part of it was the, 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 the roof, the ceiling part of this thing. It goes along this end and it goes... And then carries on. It's in the exact shape of the tree trunk that's next to the, 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 the lookout. Why? Because it's gone bash, 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 bash. I'm thinking, this is not good. I don't want to be here. So... I challenge myself. I've been uh, on the Eureka Tower, in the Eureka Tower in Melbourne, 88 floors up. <laughs> Look at the view. My vision was blurring from just fear. I, can, I thought, why is everything shaking? I realized well, nothing else was shaking, it was just me. <laughs> I was praying. That was a bad experience getting into the lift in the elevator. James never saw this, but I saw the, ele- the, ca- the, the picture on the carpet is like an elevator shaft looking straight down. That's the picture on the, on the, like the, the loom of the carpet. I think, this is not going to be good. I'm praying in tongues getting up there. Instantly, my hands were sweaty. I break out into a cold sweat. I prayed. I came to a sudden halt getting out of the elevator at the 88th floor. Jane's walking ahead and we're holding hands. And I just, I had lead in my shoes. I wasn't moving anywhere. But I prayed. I prayed. I challenged myself. Even in the lookout over the cliffs at the York Peninsula, looking, overlooking it, I'm telling the kids, get back from the edge. I couldn't see the cave. Didn't want to see the cave. Not interested in the cave. <laughs> My knees were shaking, my heart was pounding, and I prayed. Why? Because I wasn't in my comfort zone. And some of us need to get out of our comfort zone so that we rely more in the power and the presence of God to start to see some incredible things happen. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and challenging myself not to stay silent anymore. 
You see, I've been given the greatest gift of life, salvation. I've been given the keys to the kingdom. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. and He lives in me and he wants to touch those people in my world with the presence of the King of Kings. This is what God wants to do in my, through my life. I'm no longer going to be silent. I'm no longer going to remain silent when I'm talking to people now. So I'm praying one of the most powerful prayers that we can ever pray. God help me. <laughs> That's a powerful prayer. I think Jesus, oh, sorry, Peter was, was halfway through that prayer when he's starting to sink and he's walking on the water. Jesus! He didn't get the help me because he's got blip, blip, blip. We step out of our comfort zone. When we step out of our comfort zone, we are much more willing to pray, God help me. God help me to do this. It's something we can do. We can pray. Next thing we can do is we can listen and love. We can listen and love. Listening and loving together are like strawberries and cream. They were made for each other. Okay? If we love people, we listen to them. We hear what they have to say. Here's an example. Okay, I read this uh, this week, and I think it fits really well with this. A young na- lady named Lisa was approached by her pastor and asked if she would become part of a new evangelism team. After Lisa considered the request for a moment, her first words were, I'm sorry, I'm no good at evangelism. Since that was the response that the pastor had received many times, he asked her, well, wouldn't it be exciting to help people come to know Jesus? Oh, Lisa replied with a big smile. Uh, I, I get to do that all the time. So when the pastor heard that, he asked her what she meant. And Lisa said, well, every few months, God sends me a new friend to listen to. Pretty much all I do is tune into what's going on in that person's life and let the person know that I care. Sooner or later, for some reason, most people ask me how to get to know Jesus. And when they do, I tell them. And then we pray together and ask the Lord to come into their hearts. I can't stand the idea of high pressure knocking on doors, uh, evangelism thing, she said. It feels too manipulative to me. Listening to people and talking to them heart to heart is something I love to do. After a stunned moment, the pastor roars with laughter. And he asks, just out of curiosity, how many people are we talking about? Lisa didn't have an immediate answer for him, but she went home, checked through her personal diaries and her journal. She discovered that she had led over 80 people to Christ through that method. Loving and listening. Loving and listening. We can love and listen. Thirdly, we can share and we can serve. Sharing and serving go together like bacon and eggs. (laughs) When we humbly and unselfishly perform small acts of kindness, it helps the families and friends that we have wonder what's up with us. It puts the love of Jesus into action. It connects our witness with our works. In James 2, verses 17 to 18, it says, Thus, uh, also faith by itself, If it does not have works, it is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, little acts of kindness go a long way. 
Serving gives our words an anointing of credibility. The anointing of credibility. How many of us can complete this phrase? Actions speak louder than... What was that? Actions speak louder than words. See, open a door for someone, carrying a load, giving a hand to someone, patting someone on the back. See, help someone across the road. On Friday, Jane and I were out in the main street of Mount Barker and we were walking along and we came to a point where we needed to cross the road. As we're standing there waiting for the traffic to clear, we also saw that there was an elderly lady with a walking frame who was waiting to cross the road as well. When it was clear, Jane and I stepped out onto the road and the the elderly lady was reluctant to do so because she couldn't really see. She said, look, I I can't see properly, so I can't see when the traffic's clear. I said, well, come across with us. We'll we'll help you across the road. We walked her across the road when we got to the other side. She said, I I had an aneurysm, and and ever since then, my eyesight has been very bad, and I can't see to cross the road. I said, would you mind if we prayed for you, for your your eyesight? She said, "Uh," and I jumped in saying that that was a yes. So we, we laid hands on her and we prayed for her. And now, you know what? Small acts of kindness lead to prayers for blindness. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with her eyesight. That's not my, my, my issue. My issue was I laid hands on her in faith, believing that her eyesight's going to get better. The result's up to God. That's point three. All God asks us to do is to step in in faith. All God asks us to do is to, to share and to serve. To small acts of kindness open the doors that we can do those things. And that's, that's the third thing. We just need to leave the results to God. We just simply need to do our part. But most importantly, we need to trust God to do His. There are things that we can't do and there are things that we can do. And when it's all said and done, faith is believing that God who is in charge, he will take care of the results. It's his issue, what he's going to do. There's two things that God rarely does. Two things. Everything all at once or nothing at all. Rarely does God ever do everything at once. And rarely does he do nothing at all. The results are up to him. We just have to trust him. See, when it comes to God and and what he's doing, I have no control over him. But I must have faith that he moves. John 3.8 says, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, we just need to leave the results to God. See, God wants his love to flow out to our family, our friends, our community, and to our world. And he wants us to carry the good news of love to them. That's what it is to witness. Just to simply share our faith, just as the team come back up. It's just a matter of trusting God with the results, recognizing what we can't do, recognizing what we can do, and then leaving the results up to God. Just stepping out in faith in those simple areas. Let's stand this morning. I hope you got something out of that.
Excellent. Praise God. 